Welcome to our Perimenopause What the F podcast, brought to you by the Perry community. In this podcast, your host, Rachel Hughes, talks everything, and we mean everything, perimenopause. She helps us navigate through all our What the F perimenopause moments and all, is this normal? Questions. Rachel talks with perimenopause experts, thought leaders, and inspirational voices of the community. To connect with other perimenopause warriors, download our free Perry app. You can find the link in our show notes. And now, let's dive right in. Hey everyone, this is Rachel Hughes of The Mental Memos here with another episode of Perry Talks where we like to deep dive into all things perimenopause and menopause, bringing you the science and the sisterhood. This episode is sure to be as real as it gets with the hilarious Jen Mann, author of some of my now most favorite book titles, including How I Effing Did It, Working with People I Want to Punch in the Throat, and Spending the Holidays with People I Want to Punch in the Throat. There are more, but you'll have to check out her blog titled People I Want to Punch in the Throat, where she shares a real world, real life thought content with her sharp wit and her genuine thoughtfulness. This is going to be a great hour. For future episodes, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And now let's get started. Hi, Jen. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. hi. Welcome. So we're a little early, but we can get started if that's, if that's good with you. Okay, sure. Okay. (laughs) Is this, is it not live? It is live, but we are currently live, but people, um, our time was set for noon. So people may come on then. Okay. I was like, cause I just promoted it as live. So I thought, Oh yeah, shit. no, you're <laughs> oh, right. Can I you're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Am I allowed to cuss on here? You are allowed to cuss. You will I'll not be it. the first nor will okay. you be the last to cuss I'm on like, this program. I'll try to keep it semi clean, but sometimes you don't I have just to. Let things rip. Okay, good. Very <laughs> few people keep it clean on, on our program. <laughs> it's always honest and it's always real. And that's why we love it. Okay. So, so thank you for, for, for being here. I, I, um, I just learned of you not uh-huh. that long ago and I read your books and they're wonderful. Thank and you. I was so delighted that you agreed to come speak with us. Um, you know, we speak to a lot of specialists and physicians and people sort of in this niche, but we don't always get to speak to someone who's kind of living it through alongside of us. Okay. Um, and so it's a, it's a welcome and, um, it's a welcome perspective. It's like having your best friend in the room who just <laughs> unleashes it at all. So, so thank well, you. That's me. Um, that is you. <laughs> okay. So welcome Jen Mann, author of people I'd love to punch in the throat and the most recent midlife bites. Uh, Jen is best known for her wildly popular blog and New York times bestseller of the same name, People I Want to Punch in the Throat. Jen is also the editor of the New York Times bestselling I Just Want to Pee Alone series. 
<laughs> she lives in Kansas with her husband and two children. Um, so I sort of said what I what I plan to now say already, which is that um, your book and I, and I'm focusing mostly here on midlife bites. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it resonates so deeply and it will with those who have yet to read it because you say so many of the quiet parts out loud. And I know this is your thing to do, but I was really moved by this sort of honesty that by this, this piece that you shared um, where you, you said essentially you were suffering in various ways and your husband said why don't you start writing it down and the written word is really I think a friend to you and a and a tool for you and so you did and out came this book and I wonder if you might just start there a little bit and and tell us kind of as as much as you want and okay. take as, as much time as you want about sort of landing on that moment and deciding that you would, you know, you, you, you got married, you had children, you were sort of in the midst of life and then realized you weren't maybe doing so well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I, um, I, I started a blog about 11 years ago and uh, called people I want to punch in the throat. And that blog went viral after just a few months of writing on it. And it launched me into a career that I'd wanted since I was five years old, which is writer. And so I, I had this amazing online community. I had best-selling books. I had, you know, I was living the dream that I thought I wanted. I had a husband who loved me. I had kids that were pretty good kids, you know, and, and, um, and I really thought I'd kind of dodged like a midlife slump. I really felt because all this sort of hit me in my late 30s and early 40s, all this um, sort of life fulfilling <laughs> things that I wanted. And then um, I was coming up on 47. And all of a sudden, I just one day realized, no matter how you slice it, like, my life is half over. Mm. <laughs> and, and it just sort of hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, and what have I done with my life? And I'm like, yeah, I wanted to be a writer, but did I want to be like Irma Bombeck with F-bombs? Or did I want to be like somebody that would, you know, someday, you, you know, English classes would sit around and be like, why did she make the curtains blue? And, and why did she choose this character? And <clears throat> so I felt kind of like, am I, do I even have a writing career? Like my English professors from college would scoff at me. Um, I looked at my kids and I was like, you know, when I first started writing, my kids were small and, and they were cute and funny. And now they're like teenagers that are mean to me, you know, and how old and are they now, Jen? Now they're 15 and 17. Okay. So yeah. So we start school next week. So I'll have a sophomore and a senior next week. And when wow. I started, uh, I think my youngest was in preschool. So, right. you know, and it's like, um, you know, now they only communicate like through TikToks and Venmo requests and they call me bro. And, you know, and I was just like, did I raise good kids? You know, my son's going at that point, my son still had a couple more years before he was going off to college. But I was like, is he ready? Like, have I prepared him? Did I do a good job? Like, I think I fucked it up. Mm. And 
And then I did the worst thing you could possibly do. I started comparing myself to everybody else that I knew. And it was sort of like, you know, Mary seems to have it all together. You know, aren't you supposed to have it together? You're supposed to have it together by 47. I don't have it together. What, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I just, I felt like um, we just, every time you would think you're going to accomplish something like the finish line would move and things like that, or things would change. And I just thought, when do you become an adult? Like, when do you just like, when does it all just sort of get like you get into a groove? Because I felt like our parents had, had their shit together. And I felt like everybody around me had their shit together. And then, and then ultimately I was taking, I had to take a really close look at my relationship too, with my husband that I was like, you know, it's good, but it's like, is it that good? Like, are we, are we madly in love? No, we're not madly in love. And we're not, you know, we we're business partners at this point. We share multiple businesses. You know, when we get together, we talk about either our businesses or our kids, you know? And I was like, where's the romance? Where's the passion? And then I thought, what will we talk about when the kids are gone? What will we, I'm like, has he always like, you know, chewed like that? Will I have to listen to that chewing for the next 40 years? (laughs) And, um, and so he was out of town and I called him and I was just a mess. And, Mm. and he was like, you have to write about this because I promise you, you're not the only person feeling this way. He's like, go open up your blog again and just blog about this and see what's going on out there. And so I wrote the blog post called um, anyone else falling apart, or is it just me still up there on my blog? You can still find it. It's out there. And, um, and I just kind of put all this into like a mess of just tears and snot and you know, yeah. blood. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, is anybody else feeling like this? And the 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 response I got was overwhelming. Um, years ago when my blog went viral, I went viral because I wrote a post about the elf on the shelf. And I wrote about how moms were struggling at Christmas time and how it's all on us to make the the holidays magical and you know. And, I, and it was sort of the same response as then I got to the elf, I got to this post where it was like, thank you for saying what I've been thinking. Thank you for like admitting that it's, this is hard. This is really hard and no one's talking about it. No one's talking about, you know, you hear about hot flashes, but you don't know about rage. You don't know about like the, just the lack of apathy, that, you know, the apathetic feelings that you have that you just don't want to do anything. They don't talk about, you know, the fact that you're every time you wake up, like there's something else wrong with your body. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, and so I thought, okay. And then my editor at Penguin Random House um, sent me an email. I think the post had only been up for about two or three hours. And she sent me an email and she's like, this is the book. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. we'd been kind of thinking about what I was going to do next. I can only write so many people I want to punch in the throat books. I think I have five at this point. (laughs) And so she was like, this is it. This is the thing. And, um, you know, so it's kind of a bit of a pivot for me from the people I want to punch in throat books. I think it's still funny. I, I hear it's funny. I, Very funny. Had, I was finishing it during lockdown of, um, you know, in March, 2020, when we were all locked in our houses and it was very scary. We were, you know, Clorox wiping our groceries and mm-hmm. my feed was full of fear and, um, death. I mean, you know, just illness and, and I was trying to be funny. And so trying to write this book and be funny. And so when it finally went out and it was read by other people kind of outside of my circle and they were like, Oh, it's funny. I'm like, Oh, thank God. Cause I yeah. wasn't sure. No, it's, it's, it's very funny. It's poignant. It's, it's very honest. And as I was preparing 
for our conversation. And I was thinking, bless you, someone. I was thinking about the conversation, uh, the, you know, sort of the questions I had for you. I realized that my questions were in line with the chapters of your book. You know, they, you, you're just, you just kind of spell out what each and every one of us, at least at several points, you know, once we hit 40, maybe yeah. um, start thinking about, and it's those, it's those simpler, for lack of a better word, for lack of a better word, more mundane things like, you know, are, are my kids okay? Did I do a good job? Do I have to listen to the chewing of my spouse? Like that's very funny, but yeah. it's very, very real for many people. And it may not be chewing. It may be something else, but it's, it's sincere. And it's, it's, we all recognize it. I just want to go back for a second, Jen, mm -hmm. actually to the introduction of your book. You said something just a minute ago that made me think, um, think of this you talk about your great grandmother's experience I think it is hearing nice women don't talk about such things uh -huh. and having the luxury to complain yeah. um, and you go on to talk about wanting more and expecting more you touched on that a little bit already could you go on about that and just before I just want to um, just ask everyone if they could just mute their um their phone or laptop or whatever it is. And also, also Jen, I, I usually say in the beginning, but I forgot just to say to everyone, if you have questions or comments or anything, just put them in the chat and Jen, I'll try to facilitate them for you. So you okay. don't have to. I was going to say, yeah, cause it. I don't see, I don't see a chat yet. So yeah, there's lots of people on the call and, okay. and I will let you know if, if people have stuff. Okay. Um, and then I forgot your question. Oh, sorry. I think, <laughs> and then you have something about like, what? Well, my grandmother? well you, you talked about your, your, your great grandmother, your great grandmother's um, experience hearing nice women don't talk about such things uh -huh. and sort of like reconciling that, I guess you were going to dive in and talk about these things. Yes. And, and also, um, you know, you go on to talk about wanting more and expecting more. Yeah. And if you so, I think that. that was probably the main thing I struggled with. I've never had a problem with saying things I'm not supposed to say. Mm. Um, in fact, I'm working on a book proposal right now for a book called Nice Women Don't Talk About Such Things, because mm -hmm. I think that's the next that's the next thing we need to do. I think if anything, we've learned over the last several years that um, we have we have to be we have to we have to speak up because, man, people are sure trying to keep us quiet. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and so I've just always been somebody who um, has kind of been a big, a big mouth, I guess. And basically, once I started blogging and writing full time, too, it's like I have that luxury where I don't have an employer like you can't you can cancel me, I guess. But like, I'll still find an audience. Mm -hmm. And but, you know, you can't get me fired. You can't get me, you know, kicked out of something. I, you know, at one point, someone tried to get me uh, kicked out of, I was the PTA president. She tried to get me kicked out. You know, it's like, no, you can't wow. do that. So, yeah. so I just, and so I feel like I actually feel really strongly about that. I feel like there's so many women for one reason or another, that don't have that, um, you know, they just, they can't do that. And, mm -hmm. and so I felt like, I've always felt like I have to say what everybody else is thinking and I have to speak up because my whole thing is like some, a lot of times I know I'm preaching to the choir. I know that like my, at this point I've curated a pretty 
great fucking audience that like agrees with 99% of what I'm talking about. And, but it's also though, just because there's a lot of quiet people out there that need to hear it and need to understand that there's somebody on their side and somebody mm-hmm. who gets it and, and realizes it. And then the other thing I really struggled with was like sort of the privilege of being able to have a, a midlife crisis. Um, I think that, you know, I, I, I write about that. I think at this point, I know for sure when I was writing the blog post, you know, it's like we had women and children and families at the border that were being separated, you know, and yes. it was just like absolutely heartbreaking mm-hmm. to think about. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Jen? Like, mm-hmm. why are why are you, what more do you need? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not, you're not in danger. You're not someone who's, you know, you're not scrounging for food. I mean, whatever it is, it's like, you know, what is your deal? Why are you feeling this way? And so I really have to like go back and forth on that because I do feel like everybody does deserve to be happy and everybody does deserve to have peace of mind and live in a peaceful um, environment, either in their own head and with everybody else they live with. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something catastrophic and monumental to make you take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that it's a cliche, but it is true. You know, when you get on an airplane and they tell you that, you know, if you're a mother, if you're traveling with small children, you know, you've got to put your mask on first. I think that's really kind of what, what made me decide to do this was looking at my daughter who's now 15, but it's like thinking about how my, how my mother went through midlife never heard anything about it. Yeah. You know, never, yeah. she never shared with me. She's my mother is very much, if you've read any of my books, you know, my mother is like a high level perfectionist. She's mm-hmm. a, I love her dearly, but we are completely opposite people. And she just, she is that person who just puts on a happy face and is like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm super fine. Um, I joke that she is a rage cleaner that like, that's why her <laughs> house is so clean because she's just, she's like perpetually angry and she won't admit it. But she just takes it out on clean. dust bunnies. You know, she's yes. like, I will yes. make this thing shine. You know, whereas I'm like, I'm so angry. I'm going to go burn something. I'll be back, you know, like, <laughs> You know, and so she'll come in my house and she'll be like, oh yeah, you, it would be nice if you'd clean up. And I'm like, nope, I'm just going to take it out back and burn it. Don't worry. <laughs> so, um, but I think that everyone has their ways of dealing with it. And my mom just sort of like pushed it down and our grandmothers and, you know, and so I really feel like as generation X that coming, coming, um, coming into this career back in 2011, um, it was sort of the rise of the mommy blog and the mommy blog was sort of the most popular thing you could have back then. And everybody was reading them and they were, you know, they were very, very popular, but they were also really great resources for our generation raising kids. We had a lot of women who were stuck at home by themselves and scared and overwhelmed. So you had these communities that were created and, you know, and it's like, and the mommy bloggers were sort of the first people to talk about postpartum depression and to talk about, you know, part of the reason why I broke out the way I broke out was because I was one of the first people to say like, listen, I love being a mom, but fuck this shit. Like this is hard, you know? And so I just thought with midlife, I was looking around and nobody was talking about it. There's so much out there about how to support your husband through his midlife crisis, you know? And I was like, fuck (laughs) him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I just thought, nope, nope, I'm going to create this community. And so literally at the same time I wrote the blog post, um, I started a private Facebook group and I called it midlife bites. I didn't Mm. know what else to call it, but that's Mm -hmm. what I called it. And I think we have like 33,000 women in there now. 
and crap, you know, and all we talk about is like, I mean, now we get a little off topic. There's a lot of, you know, thirsty fireman pictures, but Mm -hmm. we also Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, what is it? I'm having a hysterectomy in a week. What can I expect? Like, you know, I'm experiencing this. Is is anybody else experiencing this? You know, I'm having uh, marital difficulties. I'm, my kids won't move out, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. It's like these, these kind of unique problems to middle age that we're kind of talking about in there. And I'd like to say it's no judgment, but that's not true. We, Mm -hmm. we have some trouble with that, but we're trying to keep it under control. And we try to I have 15 moderators that, you know, bring the band hammer as much as they can, but yeah. you know, you've got a lot of, um, you know, middle-aged women who are pissed off and have a lot to say, it gets a little feisty in there, yeah. but it's yeah. also just a really great resource. And I just thought I want to have a community where we can talk about this stuff openly, but also privately, because it's like, I don't let men in the group because mm-hmm. I feel like they harsh our vibe, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't, some of these things you know, they need to know, but they don't need to know it from like a stranger, maybe like, um, you know, I wrote about in my book, like the first time, like I, I peased. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if, uh, if those of you who don't know what that is, uh, if you haven't had the, the pleasure yet, so it's when you, um, sneeze and pee your pants at the same time. <laughs> and I did this in front of my husband and I was like reluctant to tell him, I mean, this man has watched me like, you know, like shit on an, on a, on a delivery table, you know, it's like, he's done everything, but I couldn't tell him that, like, why couldn't I tell him that, you know? And it's because that is like an old lady thing, you know, that's right. You know, that's something that old ladies do. And so I didn't want to talk about that. And now it's like my poor 17 year old son. I'm like, listen up, this is going to (laughs) happen. I know know. my son knows more about what, what to expect than, you know, any bad something I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. But it's good. It's good. I think, I think we're raising, I mean, assuming he marries a woman, you know, I think then that, you know, she'll thank me hopefully down the road, right? you know, that I've kind of made him a little bit more, at least open to these discussions. I don't know if he understands it, but he's open. He's like, Oh gosh, mom. But then you have to be open to him telling you like, Oh, I'm super itchy. Cause I shaved my balls last right. night, you know, and you're like, <laughs> <Right. "Cool." laughs> That's right. Things nice ladies don't ways. say. Yes, yes. Oh my God, I love that. Thank you, thank you for for that. Um, okay, we have some questions that came in uh, when I plugged the our uh-huh. our talk, so I okay. I do want to get to some of those. Um, one person asked if you could talk about finding your purpose. And so in your book, you talk about what would happen if you won the lottery. And what if you didn't know you could, you couldn't, what if you knew you couldn't fail, which I think Uh is so important. And so, so she asked, you know, if you could expand on that and I bridge Mm -hmm. that, that part of your book. So could you? So, yeah. So it's interesting. Cause like last week, how many of us played that big ass lottery last week, you know, like, Like, Oh, (laughs) more times than I probably should have. It was like a desperate act. I was like, I I don't play it when it's like two bucks, but man, when it's a billion dollars, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in. Like if I can buy a private Island with the winnings, I'll play, but otherwise probably not. Um, isn't it funny how we all think that way, but, uh, yeah, so I didn't win. Um, shocker. And, uh, so I'm still, that's why I'm doing this podcast. (laughs) So, um, but I think with purpose, you know, purpose is such a personal thing. And, um, so many of us, I find mothers, especially have put their purpose into motherhood. 
and they've put their purpose into like raising kids, which is super great until your kids are 18 and they move out yeah. this week. You know, now that my, my audience sort of, we've all aged together, our kids have all aged together. And so just this morning, it is obviously moving day in mm. colleges today. Mm-hmm. And my feed is just full of a bunch of first time college kids flying the nest. Like I said, next year, my son will go. So it's like a lot of these first time moms, you know, kind of taking their kids off to to school. And I'll be very curious to kind of see what next week is going to look like for them. Like what's it going to, and maybe it's not as bad with your first, you know, maybe it's more like when you get that last little bird out of your nest Mm. and you see what you're doing. But I think, um, you know, purpose is something that you have to kind of figure it out for yourself and what it's going to be. And I've met so many different people that have so many different, it's almost like a mission statement. You know, when you're looking at, you know, you're starting a business or you're starting a nonprofit and you've got to look at that mission statement, your purpose is like your mission statement. Like what is important to you? Sometimes it can be a job. I mean, I think for me, my job is a lot. My job is very closely tied to like my purpose. Like, as I said before, like, I feel like I'm supposed to say things and I'm supposed to talk and it's important to me to always do that. And I feel like even if I didn't have a million people following me on on social media, like I do now, I would still do that. Like I would still be out there talking. Now, my purpose is not to get up on stage and, you know, start a uh, revolution or run for office or anything like that. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm very powerful behind the keyboard, you know, like I'm, I have a much better way with words, you know, on the keyboard. And so, um, and then I think it's a matter of like, if it's helping people, if it's, spiritual, if it's, um, you know, a hobby that really just takes off and it's really something that's important to you. Um, I've, because of, with this book, I've been traveling along a lot and I've been meeting a lot of different people. And, and it's interesting to meet women who are sort of 10, 15 years down the road for me. Like I just turned 50 in March. And so it's like, so they will be like 65, something like that. And so they're, you know, they're, everything is very different for them. They've got adult children at this point. Now, if they have kids, their husband is, you know, there's usually just the two of them that's left behind now. And so many of them tell me about how full their lives are, that they Mm -hmm. just, they have all these different things that they want to do. And, you know, I'm a docent at this, uh, at the museum. And I have this job where I, um, you know, I do press releases just, you know, for the, for, for the schools. I mean, and I think that there's just so many opportunities and there's so many places where you could use your, your gifts and, mm-hmm. and talents. And that we all, even people who kind of work full-time, like I'll, that's the, something with writer people. Cause a lot of times writers have a full-time job before, you know, obviously they've got to have a full-time job before they start writing. And so many times they'll say to me like, Oh, well, when did you write when you worked? And I was like, there's 24 hours in your day. Like right. you can find some time. And so you can find some time for your purpose and you can mm. find some time. And if you don't know what it is, I think in the book, I think I said, like, make a list, like ask people, like, mm-hmm. you know, the more you talk to people about what their purposes are. And if you make a list of things that are, are important to you, usually something will kind of float to the top yeah. and you'll realize. I, I so love this chapter too, because there is so much discussion and thought in midlife around what next steps are. And I think in many ways, kind of regrouping, like uh-huh. whether you have kids or not, or they're gone or not, there, there's this sort of organic thing happening yeah. that is primed for some sort of rebirth. Right. And, and, and so giving thought to revisiting something from your past that you mm-hmm 
maybe loved and put down or whatever it is, or, or something new or whatever sort of captivates you mm -hmm. giving attention to that now, I think is just so important. And you, you, you flush that out. Well, and I think going back to like the, like the fear of failure or whatever, I think that, you know, one of the cliche jokes about, you know, hitting your forties is you have no more fucks to give, but it's right. true. Like you really don't. And so we have failed how many times at this point, you know, I'm 50 years old. I have failed so many times at this point. So I'm not really scared anymore of that. Like, I know that Ooh, like, I, like that. I can come back from that. Mm -hmm. And so why wouldn't you try things? The other thing I've learned after 50 years is that you don't have to finish everything. Like this drives my husband crazy. <laughs> And I kind of understand it with books. I think when I hit about 45, I used to plow through books. Like I used to like, like I should say slog, like, you know, mm -hmm. if you'd read, you know, if you'd get into a book, I'm a huge reader. And if I got into a book and I wasn't feeling it, I'd still like push myself yeah. to finish it. Right. Then I hit like 45 and I was like looking at my, you know, to read list, my, to be read list. And I was like, fuck that. Like no yeah. one has time for this. And so yeah. I just walk away. And my husband is that way. My husband went to NYU film school. So he's that way with movies. Whereas like, I will get up and walk out. I'm like, right. I'm done. Like I'm out. And he's right. just like, Whoa. Yeah. But I think though, like, and, and it's, and so like, and it's so goes against like, especially like the way I raise my kids where I'm like, if you're going to start mm. something, you better finish it. But now that I'm 50, I'm like, we don't have time to finish this. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nor do you have to like, what is, no. what is it? What are you losing? What are you right. gaining and slogging yes. through or walking away? So, so it, try a bunch of stuff, but then don't be afraid to like, leave it. If it's, yeah. if you're not feeling it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh -huh. Um, the importance of friends and making new friendships. Um, this really resonated for me personally because I tend to recede and I don't keep score with friends. Um, you know, like the, oh, you didn't come to whatever. Like, I don't care. If you don't want to I can be there, I don't care. And I'll, I'll see you another time. And I love you just the same. Mm -hmm. But you do talk about this kind of that thing that happens a lot mm -hmm. in friendships. And um, so, so I wonder if you could go on uh, and talk about the importance of, of friendships yeah. in midlife. So when I first started the private Facebook group, um, one of the earliest discussions, probably within the first 24 hours that it was, you know, up and running was friends and how to find friends that mm. um, this is a very lonely, st you know, stage um, when we were, especially if you're a mom your kids, your kids were the, those were your friends, their parents were your friends, you know, mm -hmm. and you kind of revolved around that. And then as things change and now it's like, where do you go to find a friend at, at 50 years old? Like, where am I supposed to go? Like, do mm -hmm. I just walk around and hand out my card and be like, I'd be a great friend, <laughs> you know? Looking for a friend, you know, a few years ago, I wrote, um, I wrote an essay about like, remember like those missed connections, like they yes. used to have on like Craigslist. So I used, I would write, I used to write, um, missed mom, like missed girlfriend connections. Like, you know, you were at, you know, you were at Walmart grocery shopping at 1130 last night. So was I, you know, I had egg in my hair and you had spit up on your <laughs> boob, you know, like we should be friends. And, right. and so I feel like, like, how are you going to do that? Um, and I am very much like, yes, I get into my groove and I, I'm, I'm a bad friend. Like I admit it, I'm a bad friend. And I just, I'm not very good at like reaching out and I am a scorekeeper and mm. you know, I can't tell you like, so like my very first, um, my very first book launch, like 
like, I still remember like who did not show up. Like it is still really? like, in my, oh yeah. Like it's still in my head and I'm still like, all right, I got you. I, <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. And so now it's like, you know, when you invite me to, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever, something that's important to you, I'm just gonna be like, oh, Huh. Should I go? See, this I is so interesting <laughs> to me because I feel I'm a very bad friend and I, my thing, and this is, this is especially true of entering midlife. I don't remember a lot. Oh. And so I will forget to reach out. I will forget that I said, oh yeah, we have a date or whatever. And because of that, I purposely don't, I don't want to keep score. I don't it, like, it yeah. stresses me out too much. This is so interesting. Okay. go well, on. Well, I had to kind of get past that. Like that was sort of like, so with the book, you know, there wasn't a lot of growing that I did or yeah. a lot of learning, but the friend <laughs> thing really was something like the more, cause I, I had to like sit with myself and think about like, well, why would anybody want to hang out with you? Like you don't call them. Like you don't initiate stuff. Like you're always, mm. you're always like along for the ride. Like you're happy to go along for the ride, but like, you never kind of like plan anything. Like, Jen, can I ask you, can I pause there and ask you to, were you, were you as a younger person, even before kids, particularly social and like, were you one of the, the, the girls who had like your group? Yeah. yeah. No, I've always been sort of like an outsider and okay. I've always been sort of a loner and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd have like one or two close friends, but I never had like a big group. I was never popular. I was never like kind of, you know, it's like, you'd, you know, when we were all getting married and, you know, all these girls would be like, Oh, I have 15 bridesmaids, you know, who should I choose? And I was like, yeah. uh, I have my brother and my sister-in-law, like I'm yeah. super good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So no, I never have been. And I think that's, part of it is that I just, I don't know how to be a very good friend. And then, um, so sort of like thinking through that. And then I think with, um, I kind of came to the realization that friends are there when you need them, like, they, like different friends coming out of your life. Like I have mm. a few friends that I've had for years now that I can, you know, you, you can pick up, you haven't seen them, you don't live in the same city. And so you can pick up and just, you know, catch up. But, but like the ones who I would see a lot, I'd kind of I don't want to say cycle through because that sounds terrible, but you kind of like, they've kind of served their purpose. Like our friendships yeah. have like served their purpose. Like, yes. and maybe these are sort of the friends that developed when I had kids and it was sort of like, well, we both have June birthdays. So we must be in the June mom club, you know, right? and, and that kind of thing. And, um, but then I realized, and I didn't think I liked people. I always say that I don't really like people, but that's yeah. not true. I like certain people. Yeah. And, and I think again, like being in COVID during the lockdown, when it first started, I thought, oh, I was made for this. Like, let's do this. Like, <laughs> I, know. Yes. You know, I was yes. like, can't go outside. Can't yeah, leave quarantine Boom. forever. Like, only yeah. live online. Yeah. Yes. You know, <laughs> and within like a few weeks, I was sort of like, uh, I kind of miss people. Mm. Like that's weird. And but what I had never been a texter. I hate texting. I think texting oh. is so bizarre to me. I have so much, okay. to say, as you can tell, like I'm a talker. And so mm. it's like, I have too much to say over text and I have arthritic thumbs. And mm. so, um, but during COVID, um, I got added to like this group text, which, you know, it's supposedly everybody's horrible bane of existence or, you know, I loved it. Like I, mm. like, I loved like, you know, everybody's drama and stuff that was happening. <laughs> and like, but, and then we got into TikTok and like, now I just communicate with my friends through TikToks. Like I just share TikToks. My kids taught me that. And so I just wow. share TikToks. So yeah. it's like, so there's different ways in it. And I find now that like, 
texting is actually a really good way. Like I can kind of like people who I kind of want to, I'm like you, if, if they've been out of mind for a while and then all of a sudden I think of them again, I can text them yeah. or I'll see something. I'll be like, this reminded me of you, you know, not, it doesn't always have to be like, let's share our deep, dark, personal secrets. It can also yeah, just oh, I be, I read this article was something I thought of you. I saw this book. I thought you might like it, you know, whatever it is. And so, um, cause I think the other thing that I, I do is I'm a, I'm an overthinker sometimes about it. Like when you were saying like, oh, you know, I'm just busy. Like when you said that, when you're like, oh, sometimes I just get busy and I forget. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking half of me thinks like, oh, ouch. Like I'm not important enough that you forgot mm-hmm. me, that you would remember yes. me. Yes. No, I get so, that. Yes. But then the other half is I'm like, dang, people forget things like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like that's news to me. But because um, another chapter in that book I write about is that not nobody's thinking about you. Everybody is so self-absorbed yes. and they're so into the, and I, and that was something else I had to really teach myself was that like, no one gives a fuck. Like no, yeah. one is, no one is sitting at home going like, should I go? Should I not go? I don't know. Like Jen's okay, but mm-hmm. I don't know. No, <laughs> yeah. That all like, of that just isn't happening. No, it's like yeah. nine o'clock that night. You're like, ah, oh, shit. I thought I forgot to go to that thing. Oh, well, you yeah. know, and you just yeah. go about your business. But I think that we're all so worried that everybody's watching us and talking about us and thinking about us and mm-hmm. nobody, unless it's the mm-hmm. HOA, my HOA really cares about me, but the rest <laughs> of them, nobody else cares. <laughs> Jen, someone, someone mentioned um, here on the call, friendships are so hard to be good at. Yeah. I think this really resonates. Another woman writes, I agree. You're checking all of the boxes for me. I can totally relate. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing about friendship, I think is that everybody, like that was the other thing I've learned with, you know, this midlife bites group is that everybody is struggling with this. Like people who even think, you know, I get private messages because that's the other thing. It's like, it's private messages because some of these women don't want to admit that they're, that they're struggling too. And it's like, it's some of the most, you know, quote unquote, like popular moms that I know here in my neighborhood or at my kids' schools and stuff who are messaging me and going like, Hey, um, I'm also like kind of having trouble with friends. Like, so, mm. you know, I get it. But then it's like, the other thing I say to people though, too, is that this, cause this is what really frustrates me is when someone will say like, let's make plans. Mm-hmm. And I live and die by my calendar. And mm-hmm. so I mm-hmm. like, and it's on my phone at all times. And so I will literally pull out my phone. If I want to make plans with you and I say, let's make plans. Like I'm going to pull out my phone right then. I'm going to be like, all right, well, let's let Rachel, what have you got? Like yeah. I'm in town for the yeah. next two You weeks. mean it. You're intentional yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And when they say, oh, I mean, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll text you. Right. Nope, fuck it. You're dead to me. Right. Like you right. don't want to be friends. Like you're right. not looking for friends right. or you don't want to leave your house. I mean, I, I have another essay in there, another es- a chapter in there about how um, I tried to say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that I thought that would kind of help me make friends too. Mm-hmm. And it did, you know, but it's like, but it also made me like have to drag my ass out of bed and put a bra yeah. on and go out, to, go outside yeah. when I thought I was home for the night, you know, you yeah. like, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uncomfortable. And I think, I think in some ways too, so much of what you're saying is making me think about the fact that particularly this season of life, there's this like part of us that's like, I just don't care. I just don't want to, I don't, I'm not, I don't need to do anything for anybody kind of, kind of thing. And then Uh there's this other piece that's like this apathy piece, which you talked about, which can also be maybe a little depressive, you know, maybe some anxiety. And there's, there are like these real things that may be sort of filtering through and helping to dictate what we 
you know, further execute or not. Can well, you, that's, that's why I always say it's like quality over quantity. Like, yeah. is this worth, you know, I think, is this worth putting pants on for and leaving yeah. my house? Is this person worth that? Is it worth that? Because I don't want to go somewhere and stand around and make small talk. Like, I don't right. want to do that. Like, I want to, like, I'm happy to go meet you for lunch and we can like have a two hour lunch where, you know, we talk about everything and laugh about everything. And we have a great time. But if, you know, if I'm at a party and they're just like, so yeah, about them chiefs, I'm like, yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's not your lane. Yeah. Uh -uh. No, I, I feel that. I totally get that. Um, you, you just sort of brought this up and, and, um, and I wonder if you might expand on this, this, no one gives a shit. <laughs> yeah. And remind so, us about what that's all about. Well, I mean, I think as you can, um, probably tell from the video here, like, you know, I am a, I am a plus size girl and have been my whole life and my whole life. I worried that when I would walk into a room, everybody would look at me and be like, Oh, she's, oh, wow. She's fat. Like, or what is she wearing? That looks terrible on her or like whatever it was like, that was, that was the constant loop in my head. And I have missed out on so many pool parties because I would not put on a swimsuit and go to the pool. And I have missed out on, you know, going to the beach because I do not want to put on a swimsuit. I have missed going to formals because I don't want to wear a dress that shows my fat arms. Like, you know, that everyone's going to think that I'm my, this is, this is happening. Um, I am the person that when I would leave a place, I would think, oh my God, I talked way too much. Like I said too much. I overshared. I, you know, whatever it is. And, and then I started thinking about it more because I thought, well, I'm not doing that to other people. So right. why do I think they're doing it to me? And it wasn't really until I had, until I had young kids and I had to go to the pool. Like I had to put on a swimsuit because I was going to have to jump in and save someone, you know? Right. And I remember just like sitting there at the pool and like looking around and I'm like, no one is no, like I could drown and nobody would know. Like no one is looking at me. No one cares about me. No one goes home and thinks like, oh, that lady talked too much or, oh, she's, you know, yeah. now I have been told I cuss too much, but that's about it. You know, that's the only thing people care about, but, mm -hmm. but I'm sort of like, no one really no one cares what kind of car I drive. No one cares like where I went to school. Like that's the other thing. Like, again, with it, having a senior in high school, there's so much pressure right now, about Ugh. where is he going to college? Where is he going yeah. to college? And I'm like, where'd you go to college? Did mm -hmm. it make a difference? Like, mm -hmm. are you good? Are you, are mm -hmm. you doing good or bad because of where you went to college? Like, mm -hmm. and so it's like, we don't carry around these resumes all the time. Nobody cares. And that took me so long. And if it is one thing that I can instill in my 15 year old daughter now, while she is yeah. still young and confident, you know, it's that, listen, like no one is losing sleep at night thinking about you. No one yeah. cares when you walk into a room, no one's looking at you and thinks, why is she here? She's so weird or whatever it is. It is that loop that's in your head that we all have that loop. And so whatever your loop is, it it's wrong. And then I did say, unless it is like, there are, there are frenemies and you do have to be a little cautious of those people, but you know who they are. Like, they're just mm -hmm. different. You know, they're the ones who are like, Oh my God, good for you. I love that. You're like aging naturally. No Botox for you. Yes. Those people. Yeah. And so like, they care, but like, why, like, why are you, you know, what is it from mean girls? Like, why are you so obsessed with me and my ring? Right. Like, Right. Right. I, I love this point that you make. And I, I do, I see it a lot kind of in my, you know, 
Instagram world, mm-hmm. this real kind of like positivity, you know, we call it this body positive thing all the right. time. And, and, and honestly, sometimes I'm like, ugh, enough already, but it's not because I don't think it's important. It's just because of course, like we should all be feeling like we, you know, go to the pool, do this, do that. But the truth is that we, we haven't, you know, we've spent years keeping ourselves from living fuller lives because of things that number one, don't matter. And number two, people have given, they they may or may not be, have any genuine interest in, but they probably Mm -hmm. don't. And we really shouldn't be worried about it anyway. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that. And I, I think there's, again, like there's this shift happening for so many of us in midlife where we're kind of like releasing that, you know, and stepping out of it, but also like, enjoy it now, you know, and try not to be regretful about anything you think you might've missed, which is, uh-huh. can be a little tricky. Does that that's make the sense? tricky part. And yeah. so I think that's, you know, it's, I think that's where those bucket lists come up, you know, that yes. like, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Cause I didn't do it when I was young. And so, yeah, you know, and, and again, that's the, like the lack of fear of failure. That's, you know, I always joke, what was it like? Remember, like, uh, was it fried green tomatoes? Mm-hmm. Um, when, um, I, I never Kathy saw Bates. it. Oh, you've never seen it. So mm-hmm. there's like a character in there. And I think it's Kathy Bates is the actress. And in those days she was probably only 40, mm-hmm. but they made her act like she was, you know, 55, like 75. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like these young girls, like she was trying to find a parking spot and these young girls zipped into the, into the parking spot before she could get to it. She was like waiting, you know, patiently and they zipped in and they said, well, face it, you know, we're younger and we're prettier and, you know, and, uh. and so she runs into their car with her car and she's like, face it. <laughs> I'm older and I have better fucking insurance, you know? And it's like, and I think that's kind of like, like to me, that is sort of the loop that goes through my head. Yeah. Now. I was like, fuck it. Like I'm older. I've I'm more insurance. I've got, I've got a savings. I'm fine. Like, let's yeah. do this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Moving to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I got actually like seven people asking if you could talk more about your relationship with your husband. (laughs) This is a big one. Now, no one was, you know, no one was specific. Um, but I, I, you talk, I noticed in your book, you, you talked about responsibilities changing or evolving as Mm -hmm. you became an author and your husband was doing other things right. and maybe, I, I don't know what the, I don't know. He was doing other things. And, but, but my feeling in, in hearing from the people I heard from was um, like, can you talk about how you make it work yeah. when you may not be feeling it <laughs> or wanting to make it work anymore? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, so this is the only book this is the only book that my husband has never read. And, um, part of it was because, you know, I did, I went there with our relationship Mm -hmm. and I, you know, and I've always sort of glossed over our relationship, but you know, he's always been good for a funny story. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I would always say, you know, he's, I think everyone knows like he's an asshole, but I would always be like, but he's my asshole. So it's Mm -hmm. okay. But, um, yeah, we, um, when I had always felt like we were partners, for better or for worse, you know, that one of my complaints early on when we were first talking was that I felt like we were just business partners and we would only talk about business and that kind of thing. But then um, one day he said, well, I want my own legacy too, which just sort of rubbed me the wrong way because I just felt like 
what woman has ever come home and told her husband, like, I'm going to go do my thing now. Like I want my legacy too. Like that's to me was such a, a man thing to say. And I just thought, man, I always thought you were like, I don't know. I just thought you were different than that. Mm. And, and so he went off to pursue this startup that he wanted to do that, by the way, still has not started. It's still, we're still in the up phase. And, um, and I just, and I was suddenly left alone and I didn't have, he had really taken up a lot of the uh, back end of this. Like I always joke that like, I just have to write and he makes sure I get paid. Well, mm-hmm. I wasn't getting paid. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't, things were falling apart at home. Like we are very much a two parent household and we, we definitely co-parent and we definitely, you know, do things, you, you know, he'll do laundry, he'll do dishes. Like I'll do laundry, I'll do dishes. Like nobody had like jobs. We just did jobs, you know? And now all of it was sort of falling, falling to me. And I was really feeling, um, left out and overwhelmed. And at one point I told him that I felt like his company was like the other woman in our marriage. And I was like, I would almost prefer it to be another woman. Cause at least that I could understand. Like, I don't mm. understand why you're choosing this business over us because like his, cause not only did, does, did his relationship with me suffer our kids. And that was actually the hardest part for me was to watch his relationship with our kids suffer because I felt like you can fight with me and you can be mad at me, but like, man, they did nothing. Like they just miss you and they just want you around. Like stop being such a dick. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, and so my complaint to him was that, um, the kids and I sort of got into a good rut when he was gone, we got it. And, uh, and our house was peaceful. And that was the word I would always use. I'm like, our house is peaceful when you're not here. And were you fighting you, a lot or was just yeah. like his, his presence was bringing tension? Because it was, was all of it. Like he would come mm. home and he would just, you know, and he's, he's frustrated, you know, his stuff is not going as fast as he wants it to go. His, you know, things are not happening. Like he wants it to happen and he'll come home and he would like take it out on us, you know? And, and it was, and he kind of has this, um, and he's always had this, and it's always been something that I kind of continually point out and try to work on is that he has this sort of, um, victim complex sometimes where he'll say like, so he would come home and he'd say, well, nobody even missed me. You guys didn't even miss me. And I'm like, I mean, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Actually we didn't. And yeah. you want to get real. Let's right? talk about it. We and so that's when I was right. like, I'm like, well, and that was kind of my thing. I was like, actually we didn't, you know, the house was more peaceful when you're not here. You're, you're constantly, cause he, it, the, he and I have very different things that matter to us about what the kids do. And, you know, and to me, I felt like he was being very nitpicky about things. I was like, who cares? Like they're teenagers. They don't want to hang out with you. They don't want to do these things. Like, of course they're sullen they're teenagers right, you know right and he would just be like you know demanding I don't know it's just different like he just was like demanding all this attention and I and I just felt like you are I already am giving attention to our kids I'm already giving attention to my business like I can't give you any more attention like if you want attention then be here then be present yeah. and that yeah. was my other thing I was like and when you are here you're not here you're constantly working which I work a lot too. I work from home. I'm here in my office. I, I have an office in our basement of our house. I work here a lot, but it's like, I don't, I've really made a conscious effort to like leave my work in my office. And like, when I'm done, I'm done. And I, you know, I have my phone and I'll check some things on my phone, but you know, it's like everywhere we'd go, he'd be on his laptop the whole time, you know, dinner time, he's like on his phone. And I'm like, no, 
like be present. And so finally, um, he was like, are we, he's like, are we going to get divorced? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I really don't know what I want because I'm super unhappy and I, I would like to be happy, but then also that's sort of, uh, there's a chapter in there about next life, no men that mm-hmm. he was convinced that like, I wanted to just trade him in for somebody else. And I was like, I really don't, like, I don't have time to train another man. <laughs> actually, like, I was like, like, yeah, I don't even actually, know. How to, no. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to pick up another man's underwear that doesn't make it into the hamper. I don't yeah. want to tell another man where spatulas go in a house that we've lived in for 20 years. Like <laughs> I really don't want, I don't want to have to discuss lamps with anybody else and worry about their fucking opinion. Like, no. And And so I was like, no, I really, I was like, when I dream about, you know, I said, when I dream about being alone, I really mean I'm dreaming about being alone. Yeah. I I so get this. I'm sorry. (laughs) I just have to pause. I'm busting at the seams because I also have been on this road with my husband and he will also say things like, you know, will there be somebody else? And I am like the, the furthest thing from my mind is starting this up again with somebody new. I have zero interest. The thought of being alone is so much more exciting and fulfilling to me than like, than trying to do this again. Right. I told him, I'm like, why do you think the golden girls was such a popular show? And I was like, that's all we dream about. Like we're all just waiting to be widows someday and like live our best life at the beach for the last 10 years. But you know, But I was like, I just, I'm like, I don't want that. I just, and I said, and that's what I mean by peace. Like, I don't want to, I said, I don't want to have to parent with somebody else. I don't want to have to like, listen to somebody else. Like, what do they, what do you want for dinner? What do you want for dinner? Like, I don't want to do that. And I said, and when you're not here, I'm the boss applesauce. Like I, I make all the choices and everything is where I want it to be. And I really liked that. And I think that scared the shit out of him sure. because he was sort of like, oh, damn, like you're dead serious. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm serious as a heart attack. And so he suggested that we go to therapy, to couples therapy. And by now it's like we're in uh, the pandemic and we have to go on Zoom, you know, and and I really didn't want to go because I felt like, I mean, what's she going to say? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what they could possibly tell me. And it was actually so affirming to go because, um, she was talking about, she, she pointed out how he is always manipulating the conversations to get me to like, to agree with him. And so she was like, you have ulterior motives. And I was like, Oh, mm, oh that, interesting. Yes, that, yes, yes, that. Yes. And I was like, I call that out all the time. Like I'm always calling him out on that. And he's always like, Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, Oh no, 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 no. Mm. And then, um, she was like, I just feel like everything with you has an agenda. And I was like, that is such a good word. Like I, I could not think of what I was feeling, but I'm like, he does. Like he always has an agenda. And I said, and his agenda used to be me and my success. And we, mm-hmm. everything we did was towards that agenda. And I liked that when mm-hmm. it was me and mm-hmm. I was the focus and our relationship was the focus and our kids were the focus. But now like we are not the agenda. And I think, but what also um, really broke my heart was when he said that he would choose his business that like over all of us. And that was when I had to really, yeah. And that's when I had to really like do some thinking and think about like, wow, like you said that out loud. (laughs) Yeah. That's a big deal. That's, 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 yeah. Interesting. And I was like, wow, you really. And, and so, so what, what was, what did you conclude 
Um, I honestly concluded that at that point, you know, we have been married for 20 years. We've been together for like 25 or something like that. And it would, I want peace, but it would actually cause less. It would be less peaceful for my kids for even for me, like, you know, I'm seeing so many of my friends going through divorces right now Mm -hmm. and it's, it's messy and it's mean and it's dirty and I don't want that. And so we just sort of decided that we needed to like treat each other nicer and Mm. be better. Um, We're both sort of establishing new boundaries, I would say, and kind of like, um, how do I describe this? Like, you know, it's like, I'm sort of like, you can work on your stuff during these hours. And then the rest of the time, like I need Mm. you to be present. And Mm. I will say the one good thing about him is that he has always been someone who takes feedback and actually does stuff like mm-hmm. that's um, a big deal. It's a huge deal because it if is. you don't have a partner that does that, like there's no point. And yep. so, so he's been really working hard on that. And then my thing is um, he needs a lot of praise and I am not a praise giver. Mm. I am a bitcher. And I feel like if I'm quiet, obviously I'm happy with you. you know? Right. <laughs> right. So, so I have to work on that. Like, and so it's, it's like, kind of giving each other like what we need. The other thing too, is, um, we have a child who's going through sickness right now. She's going through a really mysterious illness. And, Mm. um, and so we really just tabled us so that Mm. we could like, now she's our agenda, you know? Mm. And it's like, we really tabled us so we could focus on her and Mm -hmm. see how we can help her best because there's no sense like us not being a united front on that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but yeah, I think yesterday, in fact, I was with a group of women and somebody said something about, I think all marriages only last if the husband loves the wife more. And, and I was like, I, I kind of understand that a little bit because you do, I think a lot, I think in our relationship, I was more the, the man than the woman with the mentality that I had. Like I was just ready to, to just like clock out and go. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times men do that. And he was the one who was sort of like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like we have all this history. We have all, you know, we, we have love still here. We just have to like work through this and like, you know, I will change. You will change. We're going to be, be fine because I think, and I was the one who was reluctant to change. And, yeah. um, and so I think that's, that's part of it too, is that you have to be, you do have to be willing to like put the work in. I think all relationships are hard and yeah. And so, and I think, and I, I hear it from so many people that you hit that 20, 25, 30 years. And it's weird because I used to think about that when we, when we, when I was younger and like, you know, my friends would go off to college and their, and their parents would get divorced. And I think you got through 30 years. Why would you get divorced right. now? And it's like, but I get it, you know? Yeah. And I understand that because you just sort of reach a point where you're just like, this isn't worth it anymore. You know, so many, um, so many men, they need a mother. They don't really want a wife. Mm-hmm. And I think wives get to the point where they're just like, I'm not I'm your mom. mothering you. Yeah. And you know, I have my own job. I have my own money. I don't need yeah. a lot. I could, you Maybe know, I that have was, kids. Yeah. I've got yeah. kids. I don't need any more kids. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't want any more. And so I think that's the thing too. Cause that was the other thing too. It's like, you know, yes, I have a beautiful house, but I could easily move into a one bedroom apartment and be mm-hmm. fine, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of shocked him too, that he was like, Oh, I'm like, Oh, I could sell everything and go like, mm-hmm. not a problem. And 
so that I'm like, I'll take my kids. Now I have a dog. So I'll take my dog and I'll go, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that'll be it. And, and so it kind of shocked him awake to, to, to sort of reinvest in us. Um, thank you for sharing all that. I, there's so much that that's very intimate. And I, I, I thank you for sharing. And, and one of the things that really pops out for me is this evidence that you're both willing to work. And I think that's honest uh-huh. to share because I, I do also think there's a ton of women, as you said, in this season of life who are done with a lot, you know, just done. We're tired. We're maxed out. We've done a lot of working Mm -hmm. already in one way or another, in many, many ways. And Mm -hmm. we're kind of like, we're ready to put some things down and just carry on with peace, which is a really significant word you used. Yeah. But there are also, there are, many people do want to work on their relationships. And I find, at least I observe, there's a fair amount of like, you know, just fuck it, just go, just go, just go. And whether or not you're ready to, or wanting to, or willing to, some people don't. And, and maybe you just, want, you need more time. You want more time. Your focus changes. You consider things you hadn't considered before. Maybe you went to counseling or whatever that looks like. And some people continue on and sort Mm -hmm. of get through this period of working through and keeping their relationship, their marriage whatever it is. Um, yeah. You definitely have to have like both people working. Cause I, I have several friends who went to counseling and almost always it was my female friends suggesting that their husbands go with them to counseling. And I can't tell you how many husbands just sat there like stoically and were like, I got nothing. I got, you know, I'm not, I'm, I am who I am. Like I'm not mm-hmm. going to change mm-hmm. and that's not going to work, you yeah. know? And yeah. so, um, And I realized like when I did that, I was like, okay, this is like, if I'm truly going to try, like I have to try Mm -hmm. and I can't just, you know, not try and just sit here and be stoic and say, I I am who I am. Uh, You knew what I was when you married me or whatever Mm -hmm. it was. And, Mm -hmm. but I think, um, but it it definitely takes, it takes two to break up, but it also takes two to stay together. And you know, and so he's tried to make it more peaceful around here. Mm-hmm. And again, like I am not condoning anybody staying with someone who's like, if they're in an abusive relationship, emotionally, physically, you know, verbally, all sure, that, like, of course, you yes. know, this is a totally different situation. This is just sort of, you know, meh. Like I looked yeah. at my husband and I was like, meh. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like I'm just, I was like, you said, I'm tired. I'm done. Like I could do this better by myself. So. Yes. No, no, no. I'm thank you for pointing that out. And I do think that the people who asked about that were also feeling that way. Like okay, I'm not yeah. in trouble. You know, yeah. my safety is not in jeopardy. I'm just feeling like, I don't know that I want to keep this up. This yeah. is not really for me. Yeah. I just realized Jen, sorry that we've been an hour. May I take just 10 more minutes from sure. you and, yeah. and, um, and just finish up. So, uh-huh. so, so how are you feeling now? 
like your book is written you are you are in midlife whatever that mm. looks like you are you feeling you know that so you're sort you're you're obviously you're thinking about another book and uh, but how is like your mental state how is your emotional state versus mm. when you first you know you first started writing putting pen to page on this book yeah i mean writing the book was very cathartic and it was very much like therapy for me there's mm -hmm. still a lot that I don't have figured out yet but mm -hmm. um even just sort of exploring it and talking about it or venting about it even you know made a difference for me and um and it made me a little bit more um I guess more like I took more what am I trying to say like I just it gave me the confidence, I guess, to say, to, to ask for more from all parts of my life. You know, mm -hmm. like I just, I've kind of just, am like, I want more from everything. And, mm -hmm. and if I can't have it, then I'm not going to do that. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. give me, you know, purpose or if it doesn't make me money or, you know, whatever, like I'm not going to do that anymore. And so that has been yeah. nice to sort of have that freeing, uh, sort of feeling now at this point, I also, um, you know, I, I've been very focused on my daughter. I joke with her that, um, that I had my 50th birthday and I didn't want to party. I didn't want anything sort of like, I didn't want to commemorate it. Right. Cause I was like, I'm feeling pretty good. Like, I, I just want to like, let's just get through it. Like, let's yeah. just, like, let's just sail through it. And, um, that night of my birthday, it was actually, my son was at work. So like, yeah, so my son's like, I'm not taking the night off from work. I'm going to work. And I was like, yep, right. we're not doing anything. And it was just like my husband and my daughter and I were home and we were having dinner. And my daughter actually, she had a seizure that night mm. and we had to call an ambulance. And so she's laying there on the floor. We're waiting for the ambulance. And she's like, I wrecked your birthday. And I was like, uh. actually, no, like, I'm not even thinking about it. This is great. You're doing mm. fine. And, mm. and um, I've just been so focused on her that she is sort of what, where my highs and lows are now at this point. Um, I did actually go and seek out, um, like pharmaceutical help this mm -hmm. year too, in the mm -hmm. last several months, because I'd always kind of been against it because I feel like, uh, angry is my brand and I mm -hmm. didn't want to lose, you know, my edge or whatever. And sure. I just, plus I never felt like I was that far either that I needed anything. Um, but I think it was, I've always had the rage, but I think when the apathy hit, that's when I realized I have a problem. Like when I was like, I don't want to do anything, which I mean, don't get me wrong. I can be a very lazy person, but I was sort of like, I don't even want to write. I couldn't, I couldn't focus. I couldn't, I couldn't get anything done. I didn't want to get anything done. All I did was like, you know, watch TikTok for three hours a day and I couldn't even make a TikTok. And so, yeah. um, and so I went to see my doctor and I just, and I have a lovely lady doctor who is about my age. And so she's, like right in the throes of all this, you know? And I told her what I was feeling and she was like, oh girl. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. She's like, we are going to, we are going to get you so much help. You know? yeah, and, yeah. and then, and then again, like the first medication she prescribed, um, not that I have a very strong sex drive, but like I had absolutely no sex drive after that, which 
And if you are trying to repair a marriage and make, you know, somebody feel like, oh, I want you around, uh, you need to be able to have sex. And Mm. I just could not. And, and, and so again, I went back to her and, and I think in the past I would have just been like, oh, it's fine. You know, I would not have been, I don't, it's okay. I don't need, I don't need need to have an orgasm. Like, you know, and instead I was like, no, I'm telling you, like, even I can't get the job done. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. him. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. him. It's me too. Mm -hmm. Like none of us can get the job done. Mm -hmm. And like the rabbit, nobody. And so she was like, oh no, no, no. She's like, all right, we're changing again. And so, you know, and so I think that's the other thing is like, I write about that in the book as well, that we have to be like advocates for our health because we are not usually advocates for our health. And we usually, or it's either embarrassing, like, you know, had I had a male doctor, would I have been able to be as honest with him about that? Would I have been able Mm. to say like, no, you know, I'm even trying toys. Like, I mean, would I tell a male doctor that I don't know? I'm not sure, but because I have a female doctor, I can tell her these things. And so I think that's the other thing is like so important to find people who you can connect with and be honest with in all walks of your life, you know, and let them all know sort of what's going on. Oh, Jen, thank you for that. Um, that was, that alone could be another conversation for <laughs> right? us. All, all, every, every piece of what you said could be its own conversation. Yeah. Um, Jen, finally, is there anything that I've missed that you want to communicate to? I mean, you you communicate to women all the time, every day, yeah. but is there anything that sort of just strikes you is particularly pertinent, important, compelling that you want to share? I think if we haven't gotten it across yet, I I think the most important part is that this is midlife bites, you know, midlife does bite, but it also is a great opportunity. This is a, Mm. this is a transformation time. This is a time that you can try anything you want to try you. Yes. You only have half your life left, but you have half a life left. Like don't Mm -hmm. fucking waste it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the other thing, you know, and I think talk to older women that are down the road and find out what they're doing, because you'll realize that there is, there is a lot coming. That's going to be a lot better that right now this is kind of a slog, but you know, I I equate this to like potty training that we're in potty training right now. And then all day kindergarten is coming, like, yeah. you know? <laughs> but it's going to be great. It's going to yeah. be so much fun and we'll be able to wipe ourselves. Yes. And that's, that's, I love that. I love yeah. that. And, and thank you for saying that because, um, so, so just a couple of things before we wrap up, um, your, your book for those who haven't read it yet, midlife bites is so positive and affirming. It really is. And there are all of these points that you make and sort of dive into uh, in terms of struggles or challenges or whatever it is, but it's always, it's always ending. Every chapter is ending on a, on a hopeful, helpful note. So please get the book and, (laughs) and read that people are chiming in. They, they, they have read and they love it. Um, and the other thing, which I didn't say in the beginning is there, you are kindly giving away um, three books. Yes. So there's midlife bites, people I want to punch in the throat and working with people. I want to punch in the throat. Oh, yay. So I also this, Oh, this one I'm backwards. This one is on sale right now for 99 cents on an ebook. If anybody is interested in getting it's on sale till tomorrow. So just, Oh, excellent. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 
So I know, I know it looks like, um, it looks like three, uh, people have won your books and I believe that, um, Laura or Julia will probably connect with you about getting those books to them. So thank you for that. Um, thank you, Jen. This has just been a phenomenal hour. I really, I know that you, you mentioned that you're working on a proposal for, your next uh, work. And I would love to be able to speak again, whether you have it ready or not. Um, (laughs) You know, when the time comes, we'll see if they buy it. We'll see. They'll buy it. They'll buy it. Uh, Thank you. You were just like, just having a dear friend in the room who just, you know, well, you were a great interviewer. You had really good questions. So Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you all who came. And, um, I, I just, if I could hug you, I would, it was a pleasure. (laughs) And listen, (laughs) seriously. Um, I hope your daughter will improve quickly and I hope your son gets off to school happily and successfully and all the best, um, in the immediate future, you know, between you, you hubs whoever thanks again bye y'all bye. thank you so much guys be well thanks jen thanks oh thanks katie thank you for listening to our perimenopause what the f podcast the perimenopause journey can be lonely and it doesn't have to be that way Make sure to download our free Perry app to connect with perimenopause warriors in the same stage of life. See you next time, Perry sisters.